This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kyle Trainor, and before we launch into episode one with Dr. Jordan Shallow, I wanted to give you guys a bit of an introduction, and I wanted to give you an insight into what the podcast is all about, why I call the podcast Pivotal Conversations, and what you can expect in the future. I won't take up too much of your time, um, because I do want you to get into this really great conversation that I had with uh, Jordan, who's a really, really good friend of mine, but... In my opinion, conversations with the right people can be life-changing. I hold conversations in the highest regard, and um, you can hear this um, in any podcast that you've heard me do in the past, but especially the one that I do with Jordan here is, you know, we really, really do dive deep, and conversations are the root of all innovation, significant change that we have in our life, and the best possible ideas... um, that we get, um, whether it's in business, relationships, uh, anything like that. And we've all had conversations in our life that have either changed the direction of um, our life and created motivation and, you know, given us uh, just a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And when I started a podcast, that's really what I wanted to bring to the table. I wanted to bring conversations that I might have with myself. I wanted to bring conversations that I'm going to have with some of the best uh, individuals that uh, that are in the fitness industry, um, but I didn't just want them to come and present their content and give you the knowledge and and the principles. I wanted to give you an insight into, you know, the strategies, the the lifestyle, the habits, and and the mentality to what's gotten them the success that they've achieved, and that's really what a pivotal conversation is and that's what you can expect in the future we've got we've got some really really great guests lined up um you know starting off with dr jordan shallow we're gonna we really do dive deep um, in this conversation and this is really going to set the scene for what you can expect in the future um but as i was saying we're really going to give you an insight into the habits the skills the strategies and the mentality of the industry is best because i think at the end of the day if you're trying to achieve any type of success in whatever business you're running or whatever job you have whatever your career entails it's not what you learn that matters it's who you are and it's that's the message that i'm trying to get across because when you become the right person when you become and you start filling out your potential through um, your mentality, your mindset, the, your the strategies, and these kind of things. You start to seek out what's necessary to achieve success. And you know, there's a one common theme when you start to really step up uh, your circle um, in life, and you can start to see these common themes. and And that's really what I want to bring to the forefront. But I also want to give you an insight into the hardships that these guys face and the struggles that they've had. What you know, the things that made this successful, the conversations that they've had, um, uh, so that you guys can really start to see the process um, and you know start to to really uh, gain some motivation and some momentum in your own careers. Um, so, episode one with Dr. Jordan Shallow, we we dive seriously deep um, into some of his hardships, some of the things that he's been through, um, and this is in all honesty, uh, a really great conversation for a couple of reasons. But, you know, myself and Jordan have 
been really good friends now for just I would say around about 12 months um, feels like way longer by the way um, I feel like I've known him for, for five years but um, you know I've seen Jordan grow over the last 12 months and worked with him personally um, we you know we we jump on a call maybe every two weeks and um, just seeing the the work ethic that this guy has um, has helped me tr- you know enormously um, but I'm really excited to, to bring this conversation to you guys because Jordan's, in my opinion, changing the world in the way he talks about applied biomechanics. But I think what's more impressive is the caliber of person he is. Um, you know, anyone that knows Jordan knows he's just one of the greatest guys you will ever meet. Um, he's got a heart of gold. Um, and what you see is what you get. And that and that's the truth. Um, you know, we we really do uh, dive deep into um, some topics like internal stability, um, you know, meta impact. So the the impact that you can make when you start to really progress in your career and uh, deal with a, a larger number of people. Um, and another really good one that I've been through as well, which was living out your truth um, and, you know, living aligned to what you want and what you feel inside. And um, as I said, you know, this, this podcast is going to bring you not just the content these guys bring to the table but an insight into what's gotten them to where they are and the struggles and these kind of things because I think sometimes we really can um, measure ourselves and grade ourselves against other people and um, when really it's not necessary because we're all in the same situation just at different levels Um, it's a concept that I've called relative consciousness and you'll hear us talk about it a little bit in in the podcast but um this will give you an insight into you know Jordan's journey and uh, I really do hope that it motivates you guys to start taking the steps necessary and and to stop listening to that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough and you haven't you, you know you, you you aren't where you're meant to be because the truth is you're exactly where you need to be and in any moment because uh, in every moment you have a decision and if you can think critically then without judgment um, success will be yours um, so just before we launch into this this podcast episode, um, if this does resonate with you, um, I really would love and I would really appreciate your support um, uh, by sharing this with your friends, sharing this on your social media. That's the best way that you can possibly support this podcast. Um, and you know, by doing that, we can get a lot of a lot more great guests on here. Um, and I'm open to suggestions. So if there is anyone that you want to hear on the podcast. Um, simply shoot me a message and we'll get them on. Um, but again, I really do hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Jordan Shallow because I know I did um, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Um, and feel free to reach out to myself or Jordan. Um, all details will be in the podcast notes. You'll be able to, um, if you want to contact Jordan and you want to follow him, go ahead because um, some of the stuff he puts out is amazing um, and he's definitely he's a guy that presents around the world um, he's booked out for the next 12 months presenting um, on his wheelhouse um, applied biomechanics but the way he presents about it is just totally different to anyone I've ever heard and when I say this I when I say he's changing the world I truly mean it um, so enjoy the enjoy this episode um, and reach out if you have any questions um, and feel free to give him a follow and uh, hit him up. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, I think like one of the big things that I, I want to get across with every single person that I that I interview, and I mean that's the reason I started a podcast was because I think it's important for people to not just look at 
what you talk about, but what got you to where you want to go. Because, like, if I'm honest, most people come to see you because they want to be in your shoes. Like, I know you were talking about it before. It sounds weird, but um, that's and I said it when we when we got you on like on stage, right? It's like this is the goal. This is the gold standard. Um, this is where we want to be. This is this should be the goal for everyone in the industry, every trainer, every coach. Um, you know, even there was an exercise physiologist today. Um, he's in the mastery program and, and he goes, you know, he didn't realize that you were a Cairo. He had no idea. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, like, it doesn't matter where you're a Cairo physio or anything like that. Like, if you want to do it, it's the same concept, right? And I think, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start this off with yourself. Is like, what was the tipping point? for you where it all started to to happen like was there was a point where you realized that this is where you were going or did it start there or is it kind of like it's just it's I think we kind of you know I know for me it's like it's you, if you're never actually reviewing it's just happening yeah I think in retrospect because I get a lot of people reach out now because it's yeah like you said they they want to they want to be in my shoes, which like, I don't even know where my shoes are. Like, but that's, so other people I think have maybe a clear perspective on what it is that I actually do, or maybe they, they, they see through their lens what their view of what I do is and as a projection of what they want to do. But I, I think for me, it was just, it started with just, just being like, just being truthful, like being honest, like being honest with myself with what I wanted, with, with what I didn't want. And I, I think like, as I started to make decisions based off like kind of my own truth, like what, like how I felt, that's when things started to like steamroll for me. Cause it was hard. Like a lot of times like, the decisions I made based off of like the, what I knew or felt to be true, like were not easy decisions to make. Like they're decisions that when you make them, like there's something in, in you that goes, no, 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 like you've been living like a lot and like you've been living you know, like you talked about, you know, when you were young and you were a trainer and you, you wanted to live in that neighborhood. It's like, no, no, you wanted the, the, the accolade of living in that neighborhood. You wanted the, the acceptance of other people based off of the fact that that was your mailing address mm. in this cool neighborhood. You were a young gun, like making a bunch of money and had all this planned out. But that's not really like true to what you wanted. That's what you thought other people wanted of you. And that was too, you want to talk, talk a good life on paper? 25 years old, coming out of a grad school program with a nice doctor title next to your name, earmarked for a 100K American job out of the gate at the most recognizable company in the world. Mm. You know, <clears throat> wife, Olympian, dog, white picket fence, the whole nine yards. And it's like, I thought that's what everyone wanted me to want. Like, I thought that was like the truth that I wanted to, that I thought that was the truth I wanted to live, but that was the truth everyone else wanted me to I have an opportunity to do that. And I did. And like, that led to some of the deep, dark moments of the original question. And it's like, when I got there, what got me through was like, dude, you gotta be honest with yourself. Like, is this what you want? And like speaking, like you're living out, like what I thought to be true at the time was difficult, but that was the, that was the turning point where it was like, that was the biggest thing. Once I started doing that, I started peeling away all those accolades. Like I started peeling away like, you know, I left this corporate job to work in a in a fucking dodgy powerlifting gym in fucking Mountain View. I've been seeing seven patients a week, going from, you know, making a ton of money to like fucking not knowing if I was going to be able to eat. 
And then that was that wasn't even the worst part. Like it got way worse. The more I like followed what I wanted to be true and like how I like what felt to be true, it started to trend and like a like that one was like okay, if you see a few patients, then like on the relationship side of things, like you know, I was not living like a like the truth changed. Like my situation changed, and, and and I started to keep following that thought process and like what went from not seeing a lot of patients, things were things started to pick up, but then at a certain point, like another pivotal moment in my life where it was like, you know, this is not it. Like, I'm not happy. Like I'm not, it's not fulfilling. It's setting me down. A, it's sending me down a, a trajectory or a pathway of someone else's idea of what my life should be. Like have the wife, have the kid, move to Oz, make some money, open a giant facility, be anchored, be stable and all that. Live that like nine to five white picket fence life. And it's just like, like it's not me man like i don't know what it is like i don't know where it comes from or like why i was like i just gotta i just gotta go so i had to make another hard decision and and kind of live out like my truth and then when i did that like fuck when i first did that it was like all right i'm not seeing a lot of patients now it's like fuck i don't have a place i don't have a place to live i'm sleeping on my fucking floor in my office i'm getting two hours of sleep for months on end like you know it, it was just it was bad but it was it was it was almost easier like I'd rather do that. Like I, and I knew then, like you know, growing up playing sport and training, like you know, we talk about like you know, true growth comes from challenge. And it's like fuck, this is a challenge. So then I was like, no, like frame it. Like this is there's an there's an opportunity in this obstacle for sure. Like the water, right? Like you you spoke about that before. Like water through a current around obstacles. It's like you just find a way. And at that point, it was already like. It was I, I've started to shift my mindset where realizing that fuck this is hard like this is really hard like the day-to-day -day, like times where it's like I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat today like mm -hmm. I don't know I can either like, get gas to drive to my other office or I can fucking like I was, my accounts were overdrawn bunch of debt but it's like fuck like, this is uh, there will be few times in my life I think hopefully and that's what I told myself where it's like there will be few times in my life where I'll be challenged to this degree what an opportunity yeah like what a what a rare chance is someone who lives in like you know comes from a great family like you know has very supportive parents like i could have i could have copped out and gone home like my mom didn't know that i was sleeping on my office floor for like a month month and a half because it's like no like this is a really good opportunity because in a very comfortable world i literally had to worry about survival like most people they you know if you look at like a maslow's like hierarchy of, of needs like most people operate at the level of like esteem and validation and all that it's like no this is like primal shit man like this is like okay like you gotta budget your cash because you got to make sure you have enough money to like actually live so that was it was a neat opportunity and i think just in in seeing the growth that came from that initial like okay now that this is not what i want go be true to yourself, fuck the title, fuck the big corporate thing, like just go do your thing, do what you want to do. And then seeing just personally the growth that came with that, then doubling down on that standpoint later and, and kind of stepping out on a ledge, seeing the obstacle, but then seeing the opportunity and the obstacle there, like on that, and that for me was like, that was pivotal. Like now it's, I, I cherish those challenges now. Like, mm. You know, I, I live a much more comfortable life than I, I think I ever have. But when I do, when I am faced with those challenges, like whether it's interpersonal or whether it's business or whether it's um, relationships, it's like you, you, you cherish the ability because it gets harder to be challenged the more you overcome obstacles. So then the obstacles become 
either less frequent or less daunting. So now when it's like you're faced with something daunting, it's like, yes. Because every time I've come out of a situation like that, everything has gotten better. Yeah, I think like, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people go through, like bringing it back to what you were talking about with living for validation, you know, the career, everything, everything you're doing, the decisions you're making for other people. Um, And it's, for me, it's talking about, okay, well, if we look at the the patterns, right? Like when you when you when you accept something, that's the new standard, right? Like so, if living for the validation of other people and and making decisions, and every, you know, in every moment we have a decision, right? And like some of them are big, some of them are f- small, right? Like some of them are real fucking big, and it's you've got a decision, right? And as soon as and we've all done it, right? Like I've made decisions that went early on that went against who I was. It goes against what I want to do. And because of that, you end up having things like anxiety. You end up having these things that, and that's where you can really start talking, getting this negative self-talk, right? And the pressure mounts, right? Like the pressure mounts because you're not doing something that you're enjoying. You're not doing it for reasons that you want to do it, right? And I think, you know, again, a lot of what makes the people like yourself, right? And you're not going to say it on here, but I'm telling you, you're the man. Like, uh, I'm telling you, dude, like, there's people, like, you had someone travel today who's not a trainer, not a coach, he's not a chiropractor, he's not anything, and he just paid to come here to Melbourne from Hong Kong just to see you talk, right? Just to see you talk because he understands, right? He understands. He, it's not like, you know, as I said, we've talked about this before and I was going to bring it back to this, right? But the decisions every, in every moment, and you've made some big fucking decisions, right? And that's the respect, right? Like that's what makes the best the best. And it's, for me, it's the consciousness thing, right? It's not perceiving and knowing. It's perceiving and knowing and knowing you know, right? Like perceiving and knowing and making decisions is different to perceiving and knowing, knowing you know, making decisions because you know you know. That's long, I know that, but I know it makes sense, right? Like, it's the ability to know that you're doing it, like know that you're doing it for validation rather than know, knowing what your values are, right? Like for someone to become conscious, they need to know their values. Because I guarantee you when you know your values, you know why you're doing what you're doing, you know who you're doing it for, right? Which is yourself, you can make decisions aligned with that very easily. And, you know, uh, as I said, man, like I've got massive respect for you and I always will. Um, and you're, as I said, you're, you're modest with this, but man, you're, you're going to change, you're changing the world. You are changing the world because you're, you're, you're presenting all over the world and you deserve everything that comes your way. Well, I think you always talk about like no compromises. And you talk about anxiety and stuff like that. I think when you want to talk pivotal, like if there was a single moment in time, like a pivotal, like three years ago on my birthday, I was in the hospital. One of my clients is a cardiothoracic surgeon. I had no fucking health insurance or nothing like that. Like I remember I was in a fucking great apartment, Silicon Valley, just Mm. started my career, new wife, had a dog, like all this stuff. Like things were set. On the outside looking in, it was fucking amazing. But on the inside looking out, man, it was fucking, it was shit. Like it was dark, like it was not okay. And like I was eating breakfast one morning and the lights went out. Like I couldn't see, couldn't talk, couldn't breathe. Two minutes, like 
just it was I remember when I came to man like I was looking down on my plate full of four fried eggs and you could barely even see the yellow and the yolk because it was covered in sweat I thought I, had a, I thought I had a heart attack and I called my client I was like hey dude like I don't know what just happened like, just get the fuck in the hospital right now so I drove up to Palo Alto <clears throat> went to Stanford Hospital he rushed me upstairs and on the 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 in a conference room the outside the president's office at Stanford University Hospital he grabbed an EKG machine, hooked me up to an EKG, did a, like a fucking 12 lead EKG, then dragged me onto the floor of the trauma ward, grabbed two fellows off the floor, dragged me into the fellows' um, uh, sleeping quarters, and on the bottom bunk of a of a bunk bed that like a, an intern would sleep in, they did an echocardiogram on my heart to see if I had a heart attack. It's fucking 25 years old, 26 years old, and that to me was like okay, because there was it was a, it was a disconnect, there was a dissonance between mm -hmm. like what I wanted and what other people wanted. And I was living out what other people wanted. Like parents were over the moon, you know, I was happy. I got through school, I had a good career. Like the whole mm. family thing was on, on a course. And it was like, clearly that disconnect, like almost did me in. And like, that was it. And it turned out being like a really massive anxiety attack. But that for me was just like, okay, something's gotta give. Cause like, if I go through that again, like, I don't know if I'm gonna come out the other side. Yeah. I think like the one thing that, and, and, and so, like, everybody goes through this stuff like and the, and the thing is is like it doesn't get talked about man like that's the reason I'm open with the fact that I had anxiety for six months is because like as someone who's running a program who helps people grow their businesses and their careers like it's more about their career than their business like it's it's about giving them the long game but it's the fact that you know like fuck nearly for six months every night man I sat on my bedroom floor crying right like for six months and I had no idea what was going on but you know what? Same thing, man. Like I didn't tell my mom. I was, I was, I was 22, right? Like I didn't tell my mom anything. And I think, like, it's, it's that, right? Like for someone like you to say, and and I think this is becomes important in in the people that are going to listen to these heads is that, um, the ability not to compromise it becomes really really important for that. And it's not, you don't like no one is perfect. It's not like we've like. I mean, we're, like we talk about this, like we're, we're nowhere near the top of the tree, but it's like people look at you like that and then they start comparing themselves to you and being like, oh, they're comparing themselves to where you are right now instead of where you, you know, like, like you, you've been in their shoes, right? You've, you've gone through what they've, they're going through. And I think we're all going through the same thing just at different levels, right? Like the relative consciousness thing. And I think um, like it's an important message for these guys to understand that like it's it's a part of it right like as i said the, i think something that was cool that came out of this and you mentioned it today is the adaptability thing like you know and we, we kind of can talk about it in an obstacle sense like the ability to adapt and look at your obstacles and change the perception of them and each time you do it it gets easier i think you mentioned it in your presentation today um from a, a point of um movement right like you said every time that you know you actually go in and and you know within your wheelhouse it's kind of the the stability drills and these kind of things like the first time you do it it sucks the second time you do it it sucks but you get a little bit better right like if you're getting three percent better at overcoming obstacles right if that's what we want to call them every time that you do them like it's that's where the transfer is in in what you do and what you talk about like the concept of what you talk about is so much more than just biomechanics it's like it transfers over to everything like that adaptability of 
overcoming obstacles and, and becoming more conscious, right? Like it's, it's becoming more conscious that allows you to view these obstacles in a different perception. And, and it's like you can the guy people who come to see you right they're just like it's they're not conscious of these things and you're making them conscious so that they can start to go out and use these tools to progress not only their career but their own understanding of of concepts if that makes sense and i think um the adaptability side of it is is huge and and it's if we look at it as an obstacle point of view like man you as you said you you were you're in a really bad place but you know you it's just the the only diff thing that changes is the perception of yeah. the obstacle. Yeah, I think it's funny for me because the answer always it, it stared me right in the face. I just didn't have the ability to think laterally to that like conscious the con the concept of consciousness, like like knowing and perceiving, but and perceiving and knowing and knowing that you know, or perceiving and knowing, perceiving and knowing and knowing that you know. Like my biggest thing that I talk about from the applied biomechanics standpoint is the importance of stability. And it's it's ironic coming from someone like me who who prides himself in being or attempting to be strong. And when I look back and I, I draw the parallels between strength and stability from like a, a psychological perspective, mm. like God, I, I didn't even think about it like that. And it's just kind of it's just hit me just then yeah. far out. So when I when I coach clients, my my team that I coach, my private clients, is under it's called paradox because that that idea of an unstoppable force and an immovable object is, is an Eastern paradox of the shield and the spear, right? There's, there was a, you know, there's someone who can tell you that, that they're trying to sell you a, a shield that can stop any spear and a spear that, can, spear that can penetrate any shield. And that's, for me, I was always on the edge. Like I was always trying to sharpen my spear. Like I wanted to be like the fucking scariest guy on the block. Cause I was, you know, I was a kid and I got fucking picked on and bullied. It was way easier for me when I started to get bigger and stronger. That's like, no one wants to fuck with me. Mm. It's like that's great because the only person that was fucking with me was myself. Yeah, it's like I had a strong spear, man. Like I was when I was you know twenty, twenty one years old. It's like just I, I mean I didn't fight a lot. I didn't really have to, but like you know twenty two, twenty three, up in grad school, like I was the big guy. Like I, you just didn't want you didn't fuck with me. You didn't risk it. You'd, you'd fuck with the next guy. And but I was a strong spear. But fuck, I had no shield. There was no stability there. So it was weird. It's weird now looking back on it when I talk about it because like it's fucking my, the answer is staring me in the face. I was a guy, stability, stability, stability. And it's like, you know, strong spear, stronger shield, that kind of thing. And all I did was focus from a psychological perspective on the outward projection, that projection, that spear, but not the internal fucking stability. That, that my, my ability to resist force, my ability to exert force, sure. Like presence-wise in a room, like I'd never had an issue like stepping up and being loud and kind of commanding attention, but internally to stabilize to resist incoming it's just i couldn't fucking do it yeah well I, I, it's interesting you say that man like i think me and you are very similar in that sense like we've kind of gone down a similar pathway where we've gone way too hard and and then it's like you have that realization where it's like you can't keep this up right like so it's it's and it takes that internal conversation of not having to go so hard and and looking at it from a longevity point of view but still having the ability to to think critically like and i mean for me like there's two types of people in the world right that or two two not two types of people two reasons that people don't achieve the success they want because they either they either go way too hard and they can't handle the success they get or they can't handle what they create and or they don't have the spear and they they don't create the spear and they can't sharpen it so they don't have they don't go 
They don't put in the effort, the time, the blood, the sweat, the tears to, to go and to become, you know. Um, so I think it's like it's interesting you say that because uh, there's you got to have both. And I think whether you go one way or the other, you realise over time that, you know, you can have a shield, you can be stable, but if you don't have the spear, you're not fulfilled, yeah. right? And if you don't have the, you know, if, if you have the spear and you go too hard and you don't have the stability, man, like you can drive yourself into a deep, dark hole and a deep, dark corner. And um, I think that's such a good message to send to people. And it's like kind of what I'm trying to do now with everything I'm doing is, is and what I'm talking about is, is, you know, this consciousness, mindfulness, and then, systems for success right like creating those systems in your life but i think the, the the first step is that consciousness piece and i mean knowing that you can go when you need to go like sitting up at times like i love the the analogy of you know not wanting to run at an eight or a nine all the time but working at a two and then having ten there when you need it and i think you know that's kind of what we're talking about right and i think those deepest, darkest holes is some of the I, I don't regret them. I and I'm glad I went through them and I'm sure you're the same. Well that's I know where ten is. I know I know what gear I have I know what gear I can go to. And I know a lot of times when I'm facing down people who are all are all shield that it's like there's there's no nobility in being a gardener in a garden. Mm. Right? It's it's like I could like whether it's like I can withstand, like I, I've just the shit I've been through relative to where I was before. It's like I know what I can withstand. I've walked out the other side of some pretty shit situations, and and shit situations that were self inflicted. Like let's not get this wrong. Like I'm not a victim, and I think you know you you talk about you know judgment and and removing blame, and and that that's something that resonates with me. But at the same time, it's like I I didn't start really getting a handle on things until I started be going on the offensive. And going on the offensive isn't like fucking you know give me your lunch money. Going on the offensive is taking ownership of bad situations and it's like i i yeah the shit situation i was in i fucking put myself there right then and, and that to, to no one's like i'm not fucking passing the buck it's not a woe is me thing it's like i was a fucking idiot and i wasn't mindful of what i was doing and I, I paid the consequences and i knew the only way to get out of that was to own that and then every decision i made i had to go on an offensive like it was not a i was not going to be held victim to my own decisions anymore it was like i'm gonna make a decision i'm gonna i'm gonna make a decision i'm gonna own that because um, I think a lot of people are, you know, they're they're all shield. And they're, and there's no spear. There's no edge. There's like, that's not that's not a virtue, right? There's not a virtue in being a, a gardener in a garden. It's like I know where I can go, and it's because like, I know where ten is. Because I've fucking been to twelve. You know what I mean? So it's mm. like when when the rubber hits the road, like we took that in the car. Like when the fucking when the going gets tough, man, the tough get fucking going. And it's people who will work themselves into the ground. Yeah. that know just how tough they are and just when stuff gets going it's like you better fucking believe like we can we can go regardless like whether it's business like you know sometimes when you work like you know like you didn't eat today yeah <laughs> you fucking had a bowl of cereal all weekend dude yeah. but like because you're in it and that's nothing for you because you've done you know, building out the mastery of the crm like building out the systems like you've gone like days like minimal sleep like weeks minimal sleep and I the same, like, and I just know sometimes when I'm up against someone who hasn't faced that challenge, it's like, 
I got you, man. Like whatever it is, like whether it's training, whether it's sport, whether it's business, whether it's anything, it's like I've, I've fucking I've sacrificed. But I didn't I didn't sacrifice from a, from a, a martyr standpoint. I didn't sacrifice for any other reason that I loved what I was doing. Mm. And that's what that's where there's that's where you win. Like it's not like sacrifice like a like a like a stoic self inflicted. It's like no no no. Like I'm just I just it's, a, it's the passion. It's the love for it that drives you. And it's like at the end of the day when you're competing with other people and whether it's business or that, it's like, you don't even see it as competition. It's just like, like, I just, I just love it devoid of anything else. Yeah. So, and I think it's, it's mentality, right? Like it's, it's not like for me, it's not about getting to a 10. It's like, what am I, what am, what am I saying when I'm at a 10? What, like what's going through my head when I'm at a 10? Cause that's the difference, man. Everybody's got their 10, but it's not like, it's, it's relative, right? Like your 10 now is what, not what your 10 will be in, in, 10 years like you you you'll adapt so it's not it's it's not really what your 10 is it's what you say to yourself it's a conversation you have with yourself when it's a 10 when the time gets tough when it's fucking stress man when it's things need to be done what are you saying to yourself are you you know and i, I talked about this before in the, in the car on the drive here and it's like we like elite athletes man like when it like let's talk powerlifting for a second right or, or whatever it is it's like the accumulation of critical thinking over time is what gives people the confidence right to then on game day or you know when it's you know it's a time to lift and it's comp day right like it's you know deep down and it's the internal right it's not the external it's not oh you know i fucking missed a meal or i missed a you know I missed a session, my coach is going to fucking barrel me, like my coach is going to do this. It's like, no, like you know that when it gets to fucking the time to put your foot on the line, to, to stand up and dig the heels in, you, you know, you know that that decision to miss the session, to miss all of that comes to the forefront, right? And it's that, it's, it's setting that standard that it's not, it's not okay to say, to, to make the decision and set the standard low from that decision earlier on because it comes back to get you like when and it's that you know when the time gets tough and you have to dig your heels and you have to stay up all night to get something done and it's not saying that doing that all the time is healthy but i guarantee you there's going to be a time for everyone when their day comes and they either stand up or they step down and and for me that's it is like if we can get that elite athlete thinking like the accumulation the critical thinking is is the the sessions the programming the meals the everything that you need to do you know let's talk about it from a business standpoint the the getting up on time these kind of things the the actually spending time to map out and time block to meditate to do every, whatever it is that you know is going to get you the success like you either make the decision in the moment to do it and every time you make a decision and say, nah, look, I might just skip that today or I might not do that, I don't really feel like doing that, you set the standard, right? And that standard comes to the forefront in those moments of 10. Not in the moments of six or seven because they don't fucking matter. Anybody can do that. That's that's not what I'm interested in. Right? And I think, you know, I mean, we talk all the time and that's what I see, man. Is like, that's why I only fucking hang out with people and talk to people that are tens. Like, I don't fucking, like, that's my circle, man. Like, it is. Like, it's, you know, I've, there's, there's, a, there's a group of men that I surround myself with and it's not because I don't like females, but it's because obviously there's been things I've gone through in my life, right? But I only hang out with people that can stick with it in tens. And I only talk to people and get the help from people and surround myself with people that can do it in those moments. 
because that's what it takes. Like it's it's that, man. It's not like as I said, and and I think it's just that conversation, man. And 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 this is the critical thinking, man. Like we talk about it all the time. It's it's everything. Like it's because it sets the standard. I think ca- character and strength draw such close parallels that I don't even think you can separate them at a certain point because character like strength only matters when you're tested, mm. right? Like it doesn't matter like, you know, like, oh yeah, I, I, I can squat this. And it's like, when, when, when did you do that? Like a couple of weeks ago, it's like, what can you do today? Mm. Like, you know, and character the same, like when shit gets bad, it's like, yeah, no one cares what the conversations you have when things are going well, right? It's, it's the conversations you have with yourself when things are going bad, like, I had a pretty good deal offered at my feet. I like like a pretty dark time, and it's like it wouldn't have been true to what I what I wanted. I wouldn't be here if I took that deal. Mm. I'd be I'd be potentially happy, but not fulfilled. And that's something I think that was when I have to like when I talk about like you know just when things started to change. It was when I started to like act out sort of what I what I felt to be true. I think that was that was the one thing that that drove that decision. Like my truth is not finding happiness my truth is finding fulfillment right and you talk about you talk about joy a lot and that idea that like joy and happiness i think are, are different and so joy's, joy's constant right like happiness is a destination like we're seeking happiness it's like i'm not there yet joy is like i'm it's it's with me now it's like the process of, yeah yeah for, for me it was it was for fulfillment like you know these weekends are hard like like you know don't sleep a lot the jet lag and all that but you know when fuck first day i've started welling up with tears at the end of it like it's so fulfilling to me to, to be able to do what i do and once i started making decisions based off that truth that sometimes the answer that fulfills you isn't the easy one that's going to make you happy but if i set my sights towards what will be fulfilling to me then that's always the right answer and i think like i want you to talk about this because i think at a certain point there's like a realization that it's bigger than you like it's there's more to it like i think you know, that's the fulfilling side of it is like, it's not about me anymore. Like you see the people you help, you see the, the impact you're making and you can see that literally in front of your eyes what's going on. And I know that that's for me, like any time that I've ever talked in front of some, in front of a group or, or even just to individuals, like you, you walk away from that and you just start to realize that it's bigger than, there's, it's, there's more to life than just me. Like, and I think that's the, that was the tipping point. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, you can, uh, when you say that, I think of your, like your idea is relative consciousness because like there are people in conversations that I've had or conversations I've had with people that to them, they don't understand the impact that they've had. And then I can be in that position relative to someone else. Like, you know, to have someone come up after you spoke about like, and it wasn't, it wasn't what I talked about. It wasn't the content. It was like the context of the delivery. It was just like the passion that I spoke talk about the stuff that I talk about. It's just like to have someone say that you changed their life is a really weird thing to hear. Mm. Especially like, dude, I talk about applied biomechanics. I kind of made that up. Like applied biomechanics is not really something that's a thing. Mm. I just, isn't biomechanics. It is now. <laughs> it is now, yeah. And it's just like, like no, this is what I do. And, and like to have like just like a young kid come up to me, like well, I'm probably 21, 22 years old and go, dude, that was fucking, like that was, I had like goosebumps the whole time that literally changed my life. Is like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just a fucking meathead in a room full of a bunch of other. But then you start to realize, that, okay, it's bigger than it's bigger than that. It's not about me anywhere, right? Which is a really fucking strange. Like, I can understand if I was a preacher. I can understand if I was like, 
I don't know, like a rock star or some shit. But I'm just a dude that talks about the field that he made up. Like yeah. applied biomechanics. It's like, I don't know, what do you do? It's kind of this, like all of that. But to like have the passion about what you do resonate with someone to the level where they go, that changed my life. It's like, serious? How much do you think that's played into you creating your, your concept? So, I mean, for me, you're the pinnacle in, in, the, in that field. It's like, you know, the way you talk about it, the, the concepts behind it is uh, quite amazing so what do you like how much do you think the fulfillment and the passion and all of that and like almost removing the self from what you do into more about the the selflessness that i talk about right like that that shift where it's almost if we actually look at what consciousness is it's a universal thing right so the second you remove the self you stop having that burden and you can start to see the impact it has on other people. So like how much do you think that's played in you? You've obviously had the basic concepts that you've created, but then taking those to another level, like what do you, what, what's the, what impact has that had on that? Yeah. So I, I think starting in clinical practice where like you, uh, you have an effect on an immediate end user, right? Like I have a patient comes in, this is the problem. And it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's problem solving in real time with pretty real consequences. Like, and as the problems got more complex and, and the, the solutions for those problems become more profound, like, you know, to have someone who, you know, there's, there's one guy in particular, like I, I mentioned him all the time. Like he was, like, I was in, I was in school still and I was working with him. He was kind of coming in and while I was, I don't know how he ended up, I met him at the gym maybe or something. He had like a chronic pain was on disability for two years two plus years three botched spinal surgeries like screws hardware it broke he was on norco gabapentin like real real hard nerve block and real hard um painkillers like fucking i remember i'll never forget like you, you put your hands on him, he's fucking ice cold all the time big dude like ex-military like fucking like stand up like this guy could not walk without pain like it, mm. it took him three minutes to get up but if a female entered the room he would fucking hold back tears to get up off and just stand up when she entered the room and then sit back down like you, you don't meet guys like this anymore like fucking west point grad like hard nose and to be able to like you know to see where the current concepts and the current paradigm fucked this guy over mm. and to be able in you know the course of you know six months of working with him like get him just out of pain and like have an impact on that and then it's like okay like why if this is one guy and i'm at the beginning of my career how many people are out there that are victim to this current paradigm so it was like for me like building whatever this is and like going around and talking and teaching and, and the concepts what drives that honestly what i think about a lot of times is is him is that is that dude is like someone no one did this purposefully no one did this to everyone had a good intent but like they just didn't have the right information. It's like, how do I get this out there? It's like, I can't just treat every single person in chronic pain. It's like, how do I have a meta impact? Mm. So I went from, you know, seeing patients one-on-one -on -one to then teaching a room full of people. So, I mean, I ended up just teaching, when we talked about it this weekend, three and a half years ago in March, like March 12th, March 13th, 2016, I taught my first seminar at PTC, South Melbourne to 20 fucking powerlifters. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool. But now it's like, I, I need more reach because I need more people to hear this because I need more people to, and everyone's well-intentioned, but the current paradigm, the current systems, the current 
way of thinking about this is, is flawed and, and there are people who are slipped through the cracks and I, I put a face to it. I put a name to it. That he's, got a, he's got a wife. He's got, he's got a grandson. Like he's got, he's got, he's got a daughter. Like he's got a, he's got a mom in Jersey. Like that's a person to me. So like when, when I'm pushing myself to adapt concepts and, and not only that now because it can be quite complex is how do I relay these concepts effectively so that now in a position of meta impact where now I, I coach coaches or I teach clinicians or trainers or osteos or chiros, like people who are then going to go into their networks and affect hundreds and thousands of people over their career. It's like now it, the onus is on me because it's always, it's always at the level of application. Like, you know, I teach a lot of theoretical things, but it's like, I want to make sure they're getting this right when they have this dude in their office and it's not going to be him, but it's going to be someone in the similar situation mm -hmm. where it's like, like, dude, I've, I've sat in a, like, sometimes we'd spend hours and you, you know, mid forties, ex-military guy shows up 15 minutes early, like recon work to everything he does. This guy bawled his eyes out on numerous occasions and fuck, I cried with him, man. Like that's what, that's what drives me. If I can make it, a change in the paradigm and the thought process and I can write books and those books can teach these concepts and have that meta impact. If one person doesn't have to end up in that situation, then fulfilled like career, everything done. And I think like once you see something like that, you realize the impact. Like I've got a story of, of a client that I worked with and, and this was as a PT, like he's, he came into to like, he literally sat in front of me and he, and he had depression, like, he could, he was, I, could, I didn't get to see his face like for the whole 45 minutes I was talking to this guy. He didn't talk to me. He did not say one word back to me. Um, had his head down. And it was, for me, it was like, oh, like it was, I, I was like, okay, I've never done this before. But I, in my head, I, I, and this was before I went down the mindset route, but I, like, this was the start. It was like, okay, I'm not even going to consult with him. Like I'll just take him in the gym, chuck him on stuff that's not going to hurt him. And that I know, like he'll be able to do. So we, you know, I hadn't even said a word, man. Like it was fucking, I was weird. Um, and every time he did a rep, man, I just said to him, I go, you're, you're capable. And I did that for the first five weeks, every single rep he did. Um, and it got to like six months down the track, he'd lost 25 kilos. <laughs> like smiling. And I just tried to make him laugh, man. Like that was, that was it. Like I knew my job every time I went in to see him was like, okay, there's, I'm going to have a limit, like limits in what I can do with this guy. But if there's one thing that I know that will get this relationship to the point where I can start to change his life, it was, you just got to remind him that he can do this and you got to make him laugh. So I'd just be, I'd be doing the dumbest shit, like anything to make him laugh but then as soon as he finished a rep man i'm like or every rep not just sets rep i'm like you're capable um as i said to a point where he lost 25 kilos and we started to build this relationship and he started to actually come in and want and like he was excited to come in and, and it was like this transformation and and it got to a point where there was you know he was on um antidepressants so it got to a point where the results we could get stopped like it just it got to a point um and i was like you know i'd been training for about seven months and i was like okay what's the next step let's try to get him off his meds and that's not my call obviously but i was like hey man like what do you think we can kind of get you to have a chat to your doc like and we get you off your meds and um 
the whole time I was with him, I was just focusing on his mindset. Like there was just things. I was like a lot of goal setting, a lot of in-person talks, like coffee, catch-ups, everything. Um, and he went and seen his doc, man. His doc gave him the all clear. Fucking woohoo. And then I rocked up the training, man. First day off the meds and fuck. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't understand. And then all of a sudden he's sitting there, man. Like I, it's like I didn't fucking know him again. Shakes, everything. So like I just fucking cleared the book. Let's go get dinner. Took him out for dinner. Dropped him off at his house. Trained him twice a week. We did that every time I trained him. Took him home. We didn't train. We'd go out for dinner. I'd take him for dinner. Drop him off at home. And within four weeks, he was good. He came back like he was normal. Like fucking... He And, you know, we caught up maybe three months ago. Um, four job promotions. Been on two holidays, just bought his first house. How good. And it, like, you know, I, I was only a part of the first bit, but like it's that. And I think that's the message to trainers is like that's what the critical thinking can get you. And it's the same, right? Like it's once you, you see that, you go, ah, this is bigger than me. This is more than me. And this is what I can do. And that's what made me go down that mindset route was like I seen what happened with me and my train, like honestly what I could do. And then it's like I just want to do that for everyone. And you know, it's compassion, man. Like the best thing about presenting for you, I'm guessing, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is afterwards when you see the smiles on people's faces. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's coming more apparent now. It's less about it's less about the content and more about the context, mm. right? Like, you know, I, I, your goal as a trainer was to make this guy healthier and that sometimes being healthier wasn't fucking hitting a, you know, a heavy set of leg press. If there's fucking way more heavier shit this guy's got to fucking deal with than, mm. you know, a, a two, 300 kilo leg press or whatever the fuck, right? And I started to realize in, in, in making the change that I want to make that sometimes the rate limiter to that change being sort of instantiated is, is the mindset of the people that I'm teaching. So, like, that's why, like, I'm okay to get in front of a room of 50 people now. And, like, if I get emotional, I get fucking emotional, man. Like, if that helps tear down a, a a wall between us like i'm not the guy on the stage anymore mm. and and if it's that if it liberates them to be a little bit more honest with themselves and then you're sure if they pick up some context and stuff like that but you know it's 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 creating creating habits that sustain us not just striving for sustainable habits and i think like being able to bring that to the table in the last year like understanding like if my true outcome is like getting this information across but there's a there's a mindset there's a perception barrier what it, what it is or how it is i'm teaching it it's like that's my that's my problem and if it takes if it takes like stripping it down like listen guys like none of this shit matters it's like i've said this a few times this weekend is like listen it's at the end of the day it's fucking reps and sets right like we as a clinician you you treat patients not symptoms as a, as a trainer it's not you're not coaching a logbook, you're coaching a person, mm -hmm. right? And, and to bring it back to that interpersonal space, like to bring it back to something real, to someone tangible, to put a face and a name and a birth certificate and a, and a, and a, and a wedding ring and, a, and a, the birthday party to make it, make it real, like I think that, that makes it so much more meaningful. And I think mm -hmm. when you do something that's meaningful, like there's in one of the books that I've referred to a few times this, this weekend, it's probably one of my favorite books is it's a Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And I think within that book, he quotes, um, I think it's Nietzsche that says, um, he, who has a, he who has a why can overcome any how, right? So if you have a why, if you have that meaning, like 
you know, I always think about this particular patient when I, I'm trying to bring th bring concepts through. It's like, if I want to actually make that change, that's my why. So how I have to do it, I can overcome any why. So mm. through that, like this idea of, of clarity of vision and flexibility of process, like mm. my vision has always been to get these concepts across, but my process now is a lot more, it's a lot more psychological. It's mm. a lot more mindset in the way that I actually get this thing across. The concept hasn't changed. The vision is still the same. The, the flexibility and the process is what's constantly adapting. And I think like, the, like, I think that's probably the difference in someone who, in in the in a lot of the trainers, coaches, you know, the people that are coming to these seminars is it's it is that context that matters. Like, and then that will actually get them to take action once they leave. Like, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit, and it's like, you know, the goal is to have one hundred and ten percent of people who come to the the seminars, um, you know, the ones that I run, the ones you run, whatever it is actually go away and take action on it like it's it's all good to pu to put this information out there but if no one's taking action like that's not why you do it right and i think and it's definitely not why i run the mastery like it's not there just for you to watch and learn like it's it's there to you to leave and take action ask more questions dig deeper take action like um and i think that's like in all honesty man it's the it's it's the way you hammer it home afterwards what I, which i love is like you know the 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 points you you've obviously got the knowledge and the concepts but it's the way you deliver it and the way you hammer it home that i think it's going to hold you in good stead for a very long time man. and yeah I, I think it's i think it's it's a necessity man it's it's, it's a necessity if you want to make change if you want to make that impact yeah and, and you got to realize that like i think a lot of people if, if you do it for the right reasons like if you're outcome based and your approach like sometimes it's a circuitous way to get that outcome but like you know if you if you can't change the rules of the game then win the game like win the game in its current in its current iteration and sometimes that's that's taking a hard look at yourself and like stripping out the ego that's stopping you from from reaching people at the level that you have to to make the change that you want to like you know if i was if i was just this militant meathead that was getting up there with zero compassion and like no no flexibility and process I would catch maybe a few other other militant meatheads who would kind of back me, but like, mm -hmm. you know, because I've been in the shoes and I've seen rough times, and I, and I know what the goal is at the end of the day is to make the change that that you know stops that one guy from ending up in on disability on a ton of drugs. Like, and it's like, man, if if this is if that's all I have to do to make a change and make an impact to that level, then uh, the, the the selflessness thing takes over, and it's like there's not a question in my mind. I'll do I'll do whatever it takes. Is it what people are gonna think? What that guy's a pussy? It's like, well, why? Because I fucking love what I do. Like, because I got to travel here and hang out like with some of my closest friends and and riff in a room full of people who were uh, of of equal value and of like mind and like hearts. Like, fuck that, man. Like, if you think fine, call me a pussy. I don't give a shit. Yeah, fucking nice. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there a conversation that changed it all for you? Like, this is a question I ask everyone. I think, you know, in my opinion, conversations. That's why this podcast is called pivotal conversations but convers you know it only takes one conversation is there one that comes to mind that there's a few you know and i think it's a it's a summation it's a it's a it's an exposure like i, I talk about this in, in learning new concepts and, and when i like i constantly will stop myself over a weekend of teaching and be like listen guys i get it this is fucking hard like i can i can do it now fairly rhythmically like i, I know the the inside or the ins and outs of this quite well especially some of the concepts is the concepts I created where it's like, 
I can just I can sink into a zone and I can just start saying words. And if you play it back seven times on slow, it, it, it will make sense to you eventually. But uh, the like the thing for me was, and I tell them is like it, it's a fear. Like being, it's the oldest story of all time, man. Like if, if you read the Bible, when when Adam and when Adam and Eve eat from the, the tree of knowledge, right? They 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 they're before, prior to that they're blind. It's fucking. It's really sharp. It's really. It's when you think about it. It's a, it's crazy that this idea was written so long ago. But so they they eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge, and then they realize that they can see, but they see that they're naked. They're vulnerable, right? And what a crazy concept, right? Mm-hmm. When we start learning, and, and we and you talked about this, like you know, I I, I don't think I, I know of a lot because I've I've gone voluntarily to this tree, and I keep going back to it, and I I see in higher resolution just how much I don't know, how vulnerable I am, and it's a fear. Fear of the unknown is that's that's essentially where fear stems from. So, the, like the the more exposure you have to things, the the better. And I think when it comes to some of these conversations and some of these changes I've had in my life, it was just a graded exposure from people I respected, um, whether it was yourself, whether it was Ben, whether it was some of my closer friends back home, my buddy Shane, my buddy Luke. Um, then, honestly, I think some of the more pivotal conversations for me were. We're not in conversations had with close friends about about these concepts about like taking ownership. It was actually when I started having conversations that emulated that, that was that was representative to me that I started to live out these concepts that my close friends had been like talking to me about. Mm. Like, <laughs> so there's one there's one that's it's not funny, but to me it's like it, it was it was very cathartic in the way I was. There's a there was a close friend or there's a close friend of mine who got I don't know when this is going to get released but I'll just say it anyways um, there was a close friend of mine that got di- got diagnosed with cancer and I was in New York um, and I was like hey you know I'll, I'll be there like I was there for work but it doesn't matter fucking I'll, I'll be there so I was in she was getting a transfusion at the time so I was in the hospital with her and my phone rings and it's my ex-wife so here I am bedside in Hackensack Hospital in Hackensack, New Jersey. And I was bedside with a very close friend of mine as she was going through infusions for, for a cancer. I'm not gonna give much more detail than that. And then my phone rings and it's my ex-wife. And like, it's podcast, so you can't, you guys see that I'm smiling, but like looking back, like <laughs> I guarantee you I was not smiling at the time. Like it was very much a recognition of the universe, like going, what the fuck? Like mm-hmm. well, on good terms and all that, but just a very interesting timing that this was, this was the case. And, Against my better judgment, I answered the phone. Better judgment at the time, but in hindsight, it was, it was. I would call it if we had to, you know, tagline this a pivotal conversation in my life. This was probably one of them where it was like, I I went out onto this like rooftop terrace. It was just weird, man. It was like middle of June in New, in New Jersey. I was on the rooftop of this hospital, like looking out on the skyline of New York, just leaving bedside of a friend of mine with a you know pretty bad, a bad bill of health at the time. My ex-wife on the other end of the phone, and I'm just like, "All right, I don't know what the universe is trying to say, but you have my undivided attention." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, so yeah, my ex-wife had called to tell me that she was pregnant with someone else's kid, and we hadn't been separated that long at the time. And obviously, like, you know, you could insert the the um, palette of emotions that you'd imagine someone in my situation would be going through, and." I, it for me was the first time I had embodied some of the concepts that you and, and Ben and some of my close friends had talked about. Like, 
it wasn't about me, man. Like she wasn't calling to, she wasn't calling for judgment. She wasn't calling for blame. Like she was calling for support. And it's like, what, how I felt didn't matter. Like the, the initial reaction that would have been me, even, even a year prior to that, it was, that was such a pivotal conversation. And it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, in theory, what some of these principles that we talked about were, it was me in application, actually like living embodiment of things that I've through graded exposure through people I respected. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. And it was just like, it was, it was just the strangest thing. Like, you know, in my head, I, I felt a certain way, but like, I knew that that's not what she was calling. And it was just like, we spent an hour on the phone, like, look, like nothing, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, nothing's going to matter. Like you, you know, you have the kid and that's all it's going to, that when that day comes, the stigma and the judgment and all that stuff, like it's just gonna wash away. Like I, I'm, I'll be here for you. My parents will be here. Whatever you need, like we're there. And like, and I don't know if she expected that. And frankly, I don't think I did either. Um, she was kind of doing it as like seeming like an FYI, like hey, heads up, by the way. And by the end of it, I think we were we were on very different terms. And when we started, and I was on different terms with myself when that conversation ended. And <laughs> the hardest part was when. When I walked back down, so I'd been on the, the rooftop for about an hour. Um, and then my friend who's, you know, obviously in a bad way and, and not the, the cheeriest place to be in, in a fucking oncology ward was like, is everything okay? And I could, I could have lied and the old me would have lied. Like, oh, so my mom called, there's a telemarketer, my accountant or some shit like that. And, and and bedside with the drip and the you know the, the infusion and all that, I just told her straight up. I was like, that was my ex-wife just called to tell me she was pregnant with another guy's kid. And I just sat down and nothing was said. And I just probably spent twenty minutes of just sitting there going, I don't and like I don't know, pride. I don't know if pride is the right word, but like pivotal. Like it's pivotal in the sense that. I'm, I've been a different person since that day because that's mm-hmm. that was the truth. Like that was literally what happened, and I was, I was like, okay, like that was hard. But you know, you you talk about like when you lie to other people, you're lying to yourself, right? You when you when you explain consciousness from a quantum physics standpoint, and I think that to me was one of the the first embodiments. Like I would have I would have batted a fucking eye. Like my ability to lie to people's face was like easy and it's not a point of pride and because i see now with this the, the wedge that drove in me when i was lying to other people mm. and the ability to in that situation the hardest conversation of my life to to just just kind of surrender to it and be like here it is like here just fucking go ahead do with this information what you will but this is what i know the truth to be like i've been a different person because whenever I entered situations where I would just skate the truth, it's like, man, you told the truth in the point where you maybe had every reason to lie, to just protect yourself, and you didn't, and you're fine. So now it's just for me, it's like whenever I, whenever there's some, there's a truth that needs to be told, it's much easier to do. So I think that, in a way, was probably when I had to think of like a, a pivotal conversation, the the conversations that led up to that. Where, where I think there's a there's a cumulative value of surrounding yourself with people who challenge you and, and make you think a certain way. Like you know, we we've been speaking frequently for for about a year at that point, and you're traveling with with Ben and 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 some of my friends back home. Like keeping a tight network of people that when you talk to them, they are at ten. Mm-hmm. They're there and they're there to push you. So 
you can't discount the cumulative value, but I think the precipice brought to a point in a single exemplar was that conversation. And I've been a different person since that day. I think, you know, man, this is like, I, I, that's the stuff that matters. Like, as, as I said, there's a quote that I love and it, it really rings true and you can literally apply it to any decision you ever make in your whole life. And it's, the universe holds its breath as we wait, as it waits instant by instant which pathway we follow. And that, what that talks about is it doesn't, like for me it's every decision you make causes you to feel a certain way. It's the internal. And then the way you feel radiates a frequency. And, and it's that, right? It's the fact that if you don't place this, place emphasis on every decision you make and it's the little ones that matter man because they're the ones that compound they're the ones who create your personality they're the ones who create who you are and and it's like you know that's that's what's so beautiful about these little kind of metaphors and quotes is because it's like in times like that that's when they come to the forefront that that's when you think about it right and it's man it's it's so powerful because you know, compromising is probably the biggest mistake you can make, but it's such an easy one, right? It's the it's the easiest thing that most people do, and and I've done it, man. I've done it millions of times, but you know, there's a line in the sand now, and it's it's um the one thing that I always say is like I'll never compromise, especially with money, right? You, ne I'm never going to compromise who I am for money, and over the last kind of six months, I've had to make decisions, twelve months based on that, and. Fuck, man, it's some of the hardest decisions you'll ever have to make. And, and it is in times like that, right? There's times when the chips don't fall your way and it's those times when those decisions matter the most and that when you need to think critically. And I think it's the conversation you have with yourself. It's like it goes into slow-mo, man. Like you're on the phone on top of the hospital and it's like, fuck, it's like it's slow motion. You just, you're hearing it, you're like, okay. And you're just talking to yourself. You're like, you can do this, you can do that. Wait, no. And it's that ability, man, like that is consciousness, right? Like that for me, that's consciousness and that's the importance of it. And I think it's such a beautiful thing, man, especially when you see yourself do it. Like, fuck, man, your chest is pumped for like the next three days, not because you fucking deadlifted 350 kilo, because you're stuck to your values, man. Like you, you, know, you know who you are and you're stuck to it. And I think if there's one bit of advice I can give anyone out there listening, um, if you want to achieve anything in life, it's that. It's the ability to, to be aware, but to live aligned to your values no matter what decision, no matter what uh, issue you're facing, no matter what obstacle you're facing. It's, it's powerful, man. And I mean, you know, once you make that decision, you, you walk around with this confidence and this, that's where the pride comes. The pride isn't, you know, the pride is the selflessness for anyone around you, not just people you care about. I think that's where people go wrong. It's the universe, man. Like, it's the giving back. It's like we're all connected, man. And I think, you know, that's where the people that you surround yourself come come in. Like it's for some reason, and and quantum physics tells us this, man. Is like your your energy is around for the ages, right? Like every decision you make leaves energy, and that sticks around. It doesn't disappear. And you know, I I, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but I think, you know, when you have these pivotal conversations with people, it's not just the memory of the conversation, it's the energy from the conversation that sticks around. And that's why, you know, when you surround yourself with great people who live aligned and, and kind of, 
you have these great conversations with it's 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 the energy that can stick with you man like when you have that pivotal conversation when you're sitting down with someone and you have a concept an idea or like a, just a really good conversation and it gives you the butterflies man it's the energy that sticks around and that's where i think man if you can get to this place where and we we're talking about it before the impact you make right like the the connection you make with people and you, you would get this you know, and, you know, the connection, you, you know, even we, we, we were all in the same position yesterday on that stage and, and, you know, you were getting many thank yous and Luke was getting many thank yous and I had a lot of people come up to me and say thank you and you can just, it's the energy you feel and I think that, it's that universal energy is that that's the impact you can make and when you have this unconditional, that's the word, unconditional compassion, right? Like that's what you showed at the top of or on the rooftop of the hospital is that unconditional compassion based on your values and that's i think more than ever right you it could be because you've presented and you've seen the impact you can make on that level on that universal level where there's people you don't know right and it's if you can show compassion com compassion to the people you don't know then you can definitely do it to anyone um and i think man what a perfect world we live in if, if everyone did it um it's definitely very hard to do, man, because a lot of our motives in life are, are very, um, they can be very selfish, right? So, um, I mean, that's that's my opinion on it. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's just such a, it's not even just a universal, like, truth when it comes to, like, an abstract idea in psychology or mindset or philosophy. It's one of the, it's one of the, it's almost like, it's almost as true as a unified force of the universe. It's, you know, I talk about, the idea of you know third law newton's third law it's it's it is energy and we know energy can't be created or destroyed mm. it's transferred so how how is it that you know n not compromising and, and living your truth and doing that compassion without judgment like what are you transferring energy into and, and who's to say if we if we all transferred energy into that into that positive space like what could really come of it like i don't think well I don't think there's a way of telling if if you know if even if this changes one person's perspective on one person's conversation like the ripple effect of that transfer of energy like there's no telling what could happen yeah and i think like as well like just on that it's it's energy gives us feeling man like so feelings is how we measure it like shame shame's a feeling you lie to someone you feel shame so it's it's that feeling right you can't like there's there's frequencies man like it's 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 science like it's it's there like you said it's not it's not like it's hocus pocus and i think that's where the decision making thing comes in like every decision radiates a frequency each frequency makes you feel a certain way um and you know i've done a lot of study on this and and you can actually go and measure that and and different you know, so i read a book called power versus force man like it's exactly that like power is is will always overcome force because of the uh, frequency of energy like um the highest level is enlightenment and that's you know they, they've kind of got like metrics that they go by but you know the bottom and towards the bottom is like shame and these kind of things and i mean if we want to put it if we want to quantify it like you can do it like you can whether it's accurate or not i'm not sure but we all feel it man like we've all felt shame we've all felt disappointment Right, we've all felt all these feelings and they come from the decisions we make, right? Like in any in any time, not only do we have a decision in what we do, right, but we have a decision in how we feel about certain things, 
right? And I think that hits home based on decision-making, like the critical thinking side of it. I think, you know, we've talked about it a million times, mentioned it a million times because it is the key. Like it is, it is the it's the message for both of us in what we talk about. Like we talk about two totally different things, but man, it comes together. Like if, if anyone wants to, I wish we had a videotape of us. <laughs> I, know exactly I, I wish we had about. a videotape. Like the other day we were in a cafe just working and working on, you know, your stuff and my stuff and bringing it all together and helping each other. And, and, um, you know, we had a few too many coffees at the time, <laughs> but man, like the stuff we were talking about, it was like, man, it was like, it, it was like, I don't even know the word, but it was reciprocal. Like in, in, we talked about your stuff first and then all of a sudden we talked about my stuff. It's the same fucking stuff, right? Like it was the same thing except we, it was just different businesses. It was different kind of, you know, lives. And I think, um, I think that's, that's the cool thing about what we do now. Like we're sitting here talking, like we're talking, we're not talking about applied biomechanics. We're not talking about, you know, a business mastery program we're talking about mindset we're talking about critical thinking we're talking about all these concepts that cross over and i mean that's why this podcast is pivotal conversations like because guess what it's not what people talk about that makes them successful right it's it's the message it's you got to have something to say it's the way you deliver it. it's the context it's all of that and i think um i think it's important man i think it's important for people to realize that as well yeah, I mean, there's it. It just it strips things down to what really matters. Like, talk about like when I talk, it's like it's not about reps and sets. It's it's about it's about people, right? And and you start to realize the universalities in, in everything that you do, and that way it, it takes away any sort of judgment. It's like yeah, whether it's applied biomechanics or or business, it's like we literally sat there and took, took away so, I took away so much value and, and, and laterally applying this core concept of, of consciousness, critical thinking and, and systems and, and all that. Like, and we both returned back with like, with a new framework. And it's, mm. we, it's almost, we, we had to, we had to come in from different corners to meet in this, in this central intersection and then go back to our separate ways with, with information from, from this core tenant, this core universal truth, like you can't escape it. Mm. And, and you know, you talk about like your network and things like that. It's it, that's the convergence, right? That's that that's the address and where we all meet. In regardless of the, we we run in similar circles, but everyone in our circle comes from a different point, a different a different um, you know in that sort of. You know, from that compass, a different degree, a different trajectory, mm. but it's the convergence, and it's always the same. It's always the same conversation, mm. and, and when you meet there with people, and you can do that on a fairly frequent basis, and and, and then emulate out and resonate mm. out from that central point, em, emboldened and empowered by those people you surround yourself and you converge with, and, and think of this from an energy perspective. Like, think of that from like a convergence of you know, electrons creating energy and radiating outward. It's, it's the same thing mm. like from the smallest, you know, if you think about, you know, electrons in, in a scope of like size, like how relatively small they are, but their ability to create massive amounts of energy. And think of that from people converging and ideas and the conversations that radiate out from the central point when you start to talk about mindfulness and consciousness. And mm. then we all sort of start to spin out like electrons and create energy back out into the things that we interact with. Like, 
I'm, I'm not a woo-woo spiritual person. I'm very scientific in the way that I apply the things that I talk about. And I think when you, the way I can frame it can sound that way, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's, the, it's the most, it's the hardest science you can think of. It right? is, man. And I think that's, that's what resonates with me. That's why I deep dive into it. I don't come from the, like, it's not the blind faith, man. Like it's science. It really is. And I think the more I deep dive into it, the more I realize that. And that's what helps me as well like along the journey like it's not like i think with blind faith it can become hard but the fact is it's not blind faith like it's calculated it's it's science it's it's there it's proven um and until unproven i think we can use it 100%. all right we're going to wrap it up um this is probably the point where I say, where can they find you? But let's be honest, they're probably going to find me through you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll put it all in the notes. Yeah, for the, sure. The internet. Find me on the internet. Guys, find me in person. Yeah, for sure. And I think anyone who hasn't seen uh, Jordan present live, make sure you do, especially if you're a coach, PT, chiropractor, anything in, of that nature, make sure you get out and see him present because um, you know it's changed the way I think about not just applied biomechanics, but... Um, life and and the way he presents is is quite inspiring to someone like me. So um, check him out and we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Cool man. Cheers.